Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Jace. I'm Fanny. Welcome to Freelance Creative Exchange, where every episode we speak to a freelancer about freelancing and the gig economy. We are here today with Mr. Ang Hin Ki, Member of Parliament for Amokyo GRC and directly overseeing Chenshang Selator area since 2011. He is also the Assistant Director General for the National Trades Union Congress, uh, in short, the NTUC, and Directors of NTUC Self Free uh, Freelancers and Self Employed Unit. Hi, Mr. Ang. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> only unique thing is that I'm not a freelancer, oh, but yes. I'm involved in the work of freelancing. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. So, um, and that's why you're very important to the local freelance industry. And all freelancers out there, you must mm. make sure that you tune in to our podcast session for this week. <laughs> 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 yeah, Mr. Ang, would you be able to actually start by mm. sharing with us, um, you know, about uh, NTUC, uh, I would say missions and also um objective for this um uh, freelancers and self-employed unit, and mm. how did it come about? In first place? Well, the trade union movement in any country, especially locally, looks at the needs of working people. Mm. So working people in today's context could be somebody who is uh, employed by someone. Mm. He could also be a self-employed person. Yes. He may run a small business or he could be a working person as a freelancer. Mm. So looking at it from a very broad perspective, I think any issues facing our working people in Singapore is a matter in which we want to get involved in and look at what are their concerns and perhaps find new solutions to address some of mm. the issues that they face. They may affect their daily lives, their mm. income, their sustainability, mm. and more importantly, for many of them, uh, how do you set conditions right so that their passion mm. in this particular field of vocation can be realised? Mm. Mm. Right, yeah. So, um, NTUC has also conducted a lot of focus group discussions with freelancers, with companies, etc. So, would you be able to share with us some of the discussions outcome um, as well as the MOM, mm. uh, Tripartite Work Group recommendations so that the, the our audience mm. will be able to understand more about this? Mm. I think globally, everybody um, gets a sense of the fact that this gig economy mm. thing and this uh, freelancing thing seems to be on the rise. So, but in the local context, when we held many focus group discussion with our freelancers, um, three main issues cropped out. Mm. One is, how do I expand my business? How do I get more network? Mm. How can I get more people to know about my work, mm. my abilities, my competencies? Mm. And uh, what avenues are there to help me be perhaps share or enter into the market to sell to, say, a public sector to sell to SME to sell to companies who previously may have sought other alternatives. Mm. So first, how to expand my market. Mm. Second concern was um, how do I therefore, uh, when I face problems, especially with regards to contractual dispute, collection of money mm. for work done, mm. uh, issues dealing with ability to sort of collect payment mm. for the services mm. I've, I've I've done and disputes that. Uh, may arise due to misunderstanding or different interpretation of what is the work description and what is the outcome. Mm. So dispute is the second thing. And the third, uh, many phases, you know, sometimes inevitably you fall sick yeah. uh, or you get injured by a hockey stick while coaching a group of students about the, the game of hockey and uh, you may fracture your leg or there may be a fracture in the ankle and you're out of action for maybe 10 days or so. Mm. Uh, for Freelancers, you either dip into your savings mm. or you look for a loss of income insurance package. Mm. And for many of them, when they try to seek such insurance product, uh, because it's not something that is a very big market in Singapore, 
So previously, these products were not available. Mm. So the concern was, uh, when I'm sick or I'm injured yeah. for a prolonged period, what do I do with uh, this so-called loss of income? Mm, yeah, I think those are very real challenges and issues. Um, so I think for, for NTUC concern, because you look after the various sectors, mm-hmm. in that sense, uh, you know, there's freelancing in almost, or freelancers in almost every sector. Yeah. So mm. how do you actually strike a balance in terms of your recommendation? How do you ensure that you actually cater to the, the masses instead of just a, like, a specific group of people only? Mm. Mm. So there's broadcast and there's narrow cast, right? Mm. When you talk about broadcast, uh, generic issues like, you know, how do you therefore work out contracts that are clear, mm. dispute resolution that may be applicable to all mediation mm. processes. I think these are very broad. Mm. Uh, and appreciation, a positive image of what is a freelancing career. Mm. These are very issues that I think will address most freelancers. Mm. When you narrow cast it, mm. You may have particular vocation that says, uh, maybe I need deeper training in the field of learning from gurus or experts in my field. Mm. So you need to customize the, the training to that requirement. Mm. Say, for example, there's a visiting expert uh, who has just won an Oscar in videography mm. or in certain cinematography. Mm. Then you want to be able to secure a two-hour workshop. Yep to learn from mm. such a person because it's a very rare occur- occurrence, yeah. right? So rather than just uh, looking for such opportunity, we try to facilitate, mm. provide funding, uh, provide venues mm. and do that link up mm. so that for that two hours, the freelancers in this particular field mm. will get the best exposure, best exchange and insight into what the gurus in the trade have to mm. share with them about. Mm, mm. So, um, and NTUC have been doing this for a while already. So, back mm. when we f- you first started, right, um, where I believe, um, you know, not a lot of people understand how the gig economy works, you know, you mm. probably face uh, certain challenges. So, if fast forward to today, how do you see the industry progress, like from a few years ago till today? Um, okay. I think um, we look back about three years ago when we first mooted this idea of the the labour movement looking after freelancers. Mm. It was not a new concept then because uh, uh, three years ago, we already have outreach to the taxi drivers mm. who essentially are self-employed freelancers. Mm. We have outreach to tour guides, mm. uh, real estate agent, insurance agent, adult trainers. Mm. So these were people that uh, f- were very familiar with the issues they face and mm. we had different people looking after them. Mm. Then when we started to see the economy shifting and more and more people entering into different vocation yeah. on a freelance basis, mm. Mm. you started to wanted to say, hey, look, uh, what more can we do? Yeah. So we started to meet up with people in the um, field of, say, photography, mm. creative arts, uh, mm. makeup, mm. and then coaching, uh, coaching in terms of various sports. Mm. Then there were people who do instructing for, say, music for mm. orchestra mm. then people in the fitness field mm. and tuition teachers then you started to see oh um, the, in the the vocation that people got involved in very diverse mm. and we needed to understand what happened to the shift why is it that it became so diverse yeah. and the numbers grew then one thing that cropped out in all the discussion was that the fact that there was this uh tool in the through either through a platform mm. uh, whereby you could introduce uh, service providers and buyers yep. 
and then you could do that matching. Mm. In the past, you may have to depend on a friend to refer to you. Yeah, say, yeah. oh, my daughter would like to learn how to swim. Yeah. Mm. Do you have someone that you can yeah. introduce to yeah. me? <coughs> or, you know, uh, I'm getting married next month. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw your wedding photos. It were wonderful. Could you recommend me? So, uh, people rely on word of mouth. Mm. And then when, mm. they, when this kind of website or this kind of platform emerge, mm. it enables all those with abilities, skills, competencies who want to freelance mm. and offer their services mm. to be matched with more people. Mm. And others could look at, uh, say, previous experiences shared by different consumer and uh, look at the ratings, look at the portfolio. Mm. And that platform allows for a very cheap and quick way of individuals showcasing their work mm. and also for users giving uh, curated or rating to the services. Yep. It gives... Uh, consumer more choice and confidence. Mm. So I think with that kind of tool, mm. freelancers mm. started to become thing be, that became more viable. Mm. So whether you are still pursuing your studies, you could take time off your mm. studies to do some freelance work. Mm. You could be employed by someone and mm. over the weekend, you may be very good in translation. Mm. So there may be a conference or there may be a particular tour group that requires some technical translation of some of the, say they were here to understand about uh, the economic development of yeah. Singapore. So you need somebody with technical mm. competency in translation. Mm. So mm. employees or students mm. or even NS men mm. or housewives yeah. or retirees could offer their services and as that grew, mm. I think more and more people found it more viable mm. to dwell in it on a full-time basis. Mm. Mm. So what is your vision for the freelance landscape in Singapore in mm. the next 10 years? I, okay, this is more the vision of what the freelancers shared mm. they would like to see. Mm. One is they'd like to see that people look at them uh, with a more positive view that this is a new form of employment. Mm. It is not a transitional thing. Mm. It is not a, I'm retired so I got time on my hand. Mm. I dabble in it on a, a, a occasional basis. Mm. Uh, that They actually invest their time, skills, mm. deepen their competencies and their professionals in their field. Mm. So I think a positive image and the right image of the sacrifices and the professionalism of the vocation is what mm. Uh, many hope to see over the next few years. Mm. And that includes uh, a potential mother-in-laws. Mm. Uh, your mm. daughter bring back a, a boyfriend that says, <laughs> you know, uh, so and so, yeah. we graduated from university, <coughs> we got to know each other. Yeah. Uh, oh, so what job do you do? Yeah. I'm freelancing, auntie. Like, okay, yeah. uh, what future can you give to my daughter? Yeah. And the likes? I think yeah. we need to yeah. look at the fact that the economic... Um, globalization has shifted mm. many economic structure to be disrupted mm. and what is viable 20 years ago yeah. and what is viable 10 years ago and what is viable today and 10 years later mm. would shift mm. many things that we thought would not happen has happened yeah. uh, homes could become Airbnb yeah. private yeah. car could become yeah. uh, shared vehicles mm. yeah. and so uh, things have shifted mm. and looking forward I think this vocation and its place in the economic structure mm. will remain. And so, generally, I think all of us should embrace those who are involved in it mm. and look at it in a more positive light. Mm. So, I think that's one very key mm. area. Mm. I think second key area is that uh, whilst you are a working person involved in freelancing, yeah. let's not forget that you also have medical concern, retirement needs, housing needs. Mm. And therefore, how do we shape the payment system and the saving system uh, 
so that they can be like other uh, working person, have a savings uh, system in place mm. to help them with their retirement. Mm. What, we, what we typically call the CPF system, yep. your central provident fund, whereby we help you save for your medical needs, your mm. retirement and your housing yeah. needs. Mm. Now, similar structure today is only partially available to the freelancer. Mm. You can self-subscribe. Yeah. But that, I think, moving forward is a challenge that everyone faces mm. in trying to help the freelancers make that a reality and so that they can be more viable and they'll be not put at risk mm. as compared to those who are employed by someone else. Mm. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think thanks a lot, Mr. Ang, for sharing. I think the first part of it, which is the mindset part, which is actually very important because um, Fanny has a personal story to share oh, yeah. where yeah. she's applying for I her flat. Three years, oh, no, uh. Four years ago, I was applying, uh, I was getting a place on my own, so I had to fill an application form. Yeah. And I was a freelancer then, no, it was six years ago. Six years. Yeah. So, but I was looking for a box to tick, uh-huh. tick and then um, the agent told me I had to take in the odd job laborer. Oh, <laughs> odd job laborer? Yeah, because there's no option for freelancer yeah. or even self employed, right? Yeah. So they say, oh, Actually, the experience was shared by some of the uh, graduates from from the Polytechnic, from uh. the University and from some of our Institute of Higher Learning. Uh, you know, they do this post-graduation employment right. survey. Uh. Yeah, correct. Many columns. Yeah. But there was none for freelancer and self-employed. Uh. Because um, I think conventionally, people look at the fact that, hey, uh, get yourself educated, trained, yeah. and look for a job. Yeah. Uh, or be your own boss. Mm. Those were the two alternatives, mm-hmm. right? Okay, la, the third one is uh, take over the family business. Okay. Mm. So, so th- those were the alternatives. And yeah. this was not quite the mainstream. Mm. So there was no such box yeah. available. Mm. But I think increasingly what we need to do is really to give it, give it its rightful place yeah. and the mindset of uh, public, yeah. the mindset of our planners, our regulators, and our employers. I mean, mm. if you go for interview and perhaps you want to shift from being a freelancer to an employee, mm. and then person will go, what have you been doing over the last yeah. five years? I've yeah. been freelancing. Oh, yeah. so nothing much, yeah? yeah. But the, on the contrary, it should be, oh, I've been freelancing and I've exposed myself to different clients. I've mm. dealt with different needs. Mm. I work for MNCs, for a local company, for mm. SMEs, yeah. Singapore Regional. I've been able to address the needs of uh, different demands. Mm. I have delighted my clients, whether they are from whichever industry, mm. and therefore I've been viable. Yep. So it demonstrated my uh, resilience, my yeah. versatility, and yeah. my creativity. Yeah. So don't look at it at, as in, oh, freelancing means um, odd job laborer. Mm. Right? I, th- I think that, that misconception needs to be addressed to like what we said earlier, mm. like, give it its rightful place. Yeah, that's right. And then a large part also attribute to the company, which is the hirer, right? People mm. who actually engage freelance service. I think right now, um, the mindset of a lot of companies is also that, oh, um, I mean, when we first started, when Creative mm. Awards first started six years ago, right? When we tell our client what we are doing, they say, huh, freelancer, ah? you mean you don't have any full-time yeah. employees yeah. under <laughs> you? Then the next question is, are they reliable? Yeah. Do they that's run away? Have we? So there's a lot of misconception mm. in that sense. Yeah. So how um, will NTUC actually, uh, or is, is it in NTUC plan to actually see how we can actually shift some of the mindset of those SME bosses as well in terms of yeah. adopting freelance service? I think um, employers or procurement managers have traditionally looked at either hire someone mm. or I outsource it through a third-party agency. Mm. Somebody to whom uh, XYZ company okay you can look for the freelancers or your own employees mm. to undertake this project mm. whether it's a D&D event a sports day 
or a company anniversary celebration, mm. I find a third party, a proxy, mm. you go and look for it. Yeah. So basically, uh, you know, yeah. I keep I, my hands yeah. quite off what you do. Mm. So just deliver the outcome. Mm. So increasingly, I think what we wanted to demonstrate to a lot of these uh, buyers is that uh, actually, you could bypass the middleman. Mm. You can go direct to the freelancers. Yeah. The freelancers themselves could assemble their own pool of known talent yes. in, the, mm. in the industry. Yeah. And not only do you save costs, mm. you also can look through the platforms and look at the fact that hey, there were people who appraised them. Mm. So you do need to do some homework. Mm. But those homework give you a better assurance uh, rather than I just look for a brand name who will do the job for me. Mm. Now, uh, what's the difference in this two? Uh, we've been talking to a lot of the SME groups mm. in Singapore Business Federation, mm. uh, mm. State Board Ministries, mm. because mm. these are very major buyers. Yeah. Mm. And some have found the experience very delightful. Mm. Some have found the experience very painful. Right. Okay. The painful experience yeah. was because um, they didn't know about platforms, they didn't know about the fact that there were ratings and what to do. Mm. Uh, they were relying on, okay, I call you, mm. um, can, you can you manage this yeah. for me? Yeah. Right. So, uh, but on the other hand, when they go on holiday, they look at hotels and look at reviews. They look at uh, places, attractions yeah. and study and which one's yeah. worth going and look at different modes of transport and see which are more reliable. Yeah. So if they apply the same kind of homework they do for their holiday into their workplace, <laughs> actually it, it doesn't take a lot of effort. Mm. All it takes is do some basic research, mm. give yourself a better insight and assurance mm. rather than just depending on a brand name or a name of a company and say that, mm. okay, because of you, I leave everything to you. Mm. Uh, invest in that will give you two outcomes. One is that you have greater certainty of who is behind this mm. and what other people have said about so-and-so. Yeah. Secondly, so you give yourself a wider array of talent and options mm. which you know, sometimes when you outsource to a third party, the person may not give you that yeah. spread. They may just give you options that they are more um, loyal to or their affinity That's to. Yeah. And so, you actually shortchange yourself mm. in mm. the whole process. Mm. So, I think what, what the NTUC tried to do over the last two years is, other than talking to the freelancer and addressing their needs directly, mm. we actually needed to spend more time on expanding the marketplace for them. Mm. So if buyers start to appreciate them, know how to assess them, understand what they can do, or mm. get a chance to listen to what the freelancers have to offer, mm. get the chance to look at how their procurement system can be tweaked to not look at them as odd mm. job labourer, mm. but to be able to say, look, uh, this is how you should procure, mm. this is how you can incorporate the freelancer needs. Mm. So we've held many sessions and discussion with the Ministry of Finance and mm. Procurement team, mm. the Singapore Business Federation mm. group, together with their SME, mm. uh, particularly SME, because many of them will require the help of yeah. uh, our freelancers. Yeah. We've been talking to different business communities to be mm. able to shed light mm. into what this pool of talent in Singapore is able mm. to either complement their own existing core team mm. or give a wider berth and greater depth mm. uh, so that the businesses can be more competitive, mm. be able to, say, deliver the best outcome to the clients that mm. they seek to serve. Mm. Mm. So do you sense there's a change in mm. their mindset, um, you know, given the last three years' push of freelancing? Do you see more companies wanting yeah. to work mm. with How is the progress like? Yeah. Are you happy uh, with the progress so far? I think um, two things work in the favour of freelancer over the last three years. Mm. There is a manpower crunch. 
mm. in Singapore. Yeah. As mm. as we expand our business uh, and our we invited more investment into our local market, whether mm. it's a tech world, the digital mm. side, new businesses coming in, data mm. analytics, etc. You realize that actually to develop this uh, talent mm. will take some time. Mm. And then you don't know whether your business is going to go deep into this mm. or I just wanted to test out some projects. Mm. So for our local businesses, the Manpower Crunch uh, gave the opportunity for our freelancers to complement mm. their shortfall. Mm. Okay, so, so that's one. Second thing that went in our favour was the fact that the freelancers brought along with them new talent, new mm. expertise, mm. which companies started to realise, eh, this is almost like a pilot test opportunity. Mm. I could engage the services of the freelancer mm. and find that it actually grew my business. Mm. And from there, I started to say either hire the freelancer mm. full-time basis or I started to uh, get myself involved in it and use freelancer as a guiding post mm. eh, as to whether is this a viable business. Mm. So many have started to expand into digital marketing, yeah. mm. into data analytics, yeah. Because uh, previously they have engaged freelancers to deliver these services, mm. and they themselves learn from it. Mm. They, they their clients find them more competitive, mm. and they started to understand. Oh, they are a pool of talent. Mm. So their HR uh, staff started to understand how to hire people in this field. Mm. Because uh, I, sp I spoke to some of them, they didn't even know how to write out a job description yeah. for a data analyst. Mm. Uh, somebody who understand and able to analyze data. <laughs> It's like uh, it's not a traditional job right, you yeah. you you start to be able to understand. Yeah. So through working with our freelancer, they mm. started. Oh, you mean you can do this? You're able to deliver mm. this. So it helped them crystallize in their thoughts. Uh, mm. uh, how do I work with and better complement my core strength mm. with the freelancers that's out there? Mm. Mm. I mean, based on a study in the US, right, um, mm. you know, by 2025, half of the US population, working populations, right, mm. are going to be freelancers or contract person rather than full-time hire. Do you mm. foresee that to be the same case for Singapore anytime soon as well? Today, we have um, one in 10 of our workforce uh, involved in self-employed freelance work. Mm. Uh, I think uh, in any job, whether you're employee or freelancers, mm. uh, the one thing that we are most concerned with is not whether how many people are employed there. Mm. One thing we're concerned with in both sides of the coin is, mm. are you underemployed? Mm. Are you maximizing your potential? Mm. Say, for example, uh, you have a population that's 100% employed. Yeah. It looks great. You have zero unemployment rate. Mm. But if everybody is uh, doing a very low-level job, yeah. doesn't fulfill yeah. their potential, that doesn't augurs quite well for the economy or for the individual. Yeah. Mm. What you really want is a situation whereby whether you're employee or freelancer, mm. whether you call it gig economy or you whichever mm. terminology you have, the person fulfills his best potential, yeah. has security for job, mm. medical needs, retirement, mm. and mm. can deliver his passion. Mm. And but for many of the freelancer it will be demonstration of my mastery mm. in my vocation. Mm. So I think moving forward, this ratio in Singapore will not change too much. Okay. Huh? What will need to change is the diversity of freelancers that uh, is out there. Mm. Today, we already see a growing spectrum uh, from people with data analytics mm. uh, involved in that field to HR, mm. to finance, mm. to auditing, to marketing, to 
then your individual service provider, whether mm. it is providing coaching, guiding, mm. uh, driving, etc. So mm. I think that few will grow. Mm. But what I th- would consider most critical is, are you very portable? That means, mm. are you able to toggle between being an employee and a freelancer and move either way mm. as and when the market changes? Mm. So when you're portable, that means you are able to be adaptable in this field or this field. Mm. And you have the skill set to be employable in both arena. Right. That gives you uh, certainty. Mm. So when the market shifts, say for example, this industry is not doing so well at this juncture, you can easily move to the other side. I think what we want to really uh, give certainty to our working people is if we can have more jobs coming in, whether freelance or employed, mm. have you possess the right skills, make you mm. employable. Mm. Once you're able to toggle between the two, uh, whether working locally, overseas, whether being a self-employed or freelance and working for someone, mm. that expands your option. Mm. I think there's no greater certainty than that kind of options being made available to the working people in Singapore. Mm. For freelancers who are offering their mm. um, services on a remote basis, they are faced yes. with a global competition mm. from the uh-huh. global workforce. Uh-huh. Like, what advice do you have for Singaporean freelancers? Um, there's this concept toss about uh, about uh, four or five years ago it's mm. called do you want less competition or do you want to be more competitive mm. if you want less competition then you close off certain market mm. you say you know let's not have these let's restrict that and let's have less competition mm. let's play among ourselves mm. let's compete among uh, the football teams within Singapore and let's not go global mm. let's just uh win gold medal between uh, North East District and South West District and see who is the best district. <laughs> That's called less competition. Mm. But when you want to be more competitive, you say, I can be uh, competing with the best in the world. Mm. That means I'm more competitive. So once you're more competitive, you're not talking to yourself. You're actually telling your clients, mm. your potential buyer of services, um, I have an array of abilities offering to you. Not only my professional skills are there, we have a proper system of curating what we can do. Mm. We have a proper system of payment, dispute resolution, mm. mediation process in place. Mm. Then give you that certainty. It has to be a bundle package. If you always invest in the cheapest and looking at driving costs down, mm. best talent will shift somewhere else. Because they say, you know, if everything is based on the lowest cost, lowest price, and you keep slashing it down, mm. people with the best talent will say, look, this is not making it work for me. Yeah. Let me go to work somewhere else. Yeah. Mm. Then you actually find that the talent pool will shrink. Yeah. Mm. Globally or locally, it will shrink. Mm. Now, once it shrinks, it does nothing much mm. for you. Mm. I think that's one perspective. The second perspective would be, uh, indeed, some lower cost options that may be available. Mm. Can we bundle the two or... You know, I have this talent and you have a lower cost talent mm. in, in this field. If we put these two together, mm. we are actually a even more competitive bit. Yeah. So when we say mm. you want to work in collaboration or partnership, mm. you don't really need to just look at collaboration partnership between local partners. It could be striking a partnership with somebody who in your same field or related mm. field and say, hey, you're good in scripting. Mm. I'm good in, um, uh, say... Uh, the more artistic anger, let's bundle ourselves mm. together. Uh, mm. So if you look at some of the, uh, uh, so recently there's this uh, US Open Tennis Grand Slam. Yeah. When they play mixed doubles or they play doubles, 
You look at the, the players come from different countries. It's not like uh, I'm playing for X country. There's mm. Olympic Games. Yeah. Mm. For for that they have mixed doubles whereby, mm. eh, so and so from this country and mm. me, uh, she's better in the front. I'm better playing mm. from the back, mm. and we form the best team. Mm. So you you bundle together. Mm. Uh, football leagues uh, play the same way. Yeah. Mm. Uh, unless you're playing the World Cup, you play only for your country. Mm. So uh, why do they do that? Because they want to be more competitive rather than less. Mm. Yeah, mm. I think I think that's very well said. Right? <coughs> I think that's something that we have also experienced on our freelancing side. Mm. That started um to actually get um different <coughs> group of freelancers working together. Actually, that yeah. that was something that we have been doing under our project management. And I think the client actually appreciate it because they actually get the maximum I would say benefits right from mm. everybody yeah. contributing. So it doesn't have to be um you know everybody have to be the same right, but each of them may be different in their own ways. Yeah. yeah, so long as you can manage And that. we also have to appreciate that some clients are global MNCs. Mm. They have different regional office. Mm. So when you are able to bundle services, mm. they will know that hey, whichever country office uh, mm. can also get a physical face-to-face -face support yeah. if there is a need mm. to. Mm. And then you can actually, uh, while I have my own regional office, you, the freelancer community, also have your own regional partners mm. to be able to deliver the same type of service mm. or equivalent service yeah whichever country I decided yeah. to, mm. to uh, set foot on, yeah. then I get the same support. Yeah. So to them, I think their global or regional footprint mm. basically mean that uh, not only the supporting industry got to follow them, mm. but I think freelancers can also take opportunity yeah. of their mm. global footprint to enter mm. into a new market yeah. as well. Yeah. So uh, you want to look at it negatively and mm. we can become, uh, let, let's have less competition yeah. or... Uh, let's be aggressive and be more competitive. I think we have been always advocating of uh, Singapore is a market-free mm. economy. We mm. would like to compete the best in the world. Mm. We always try to in get investment coming from overseas. Mm. We have the new data center from yeah. Facebook, from Google setting yeah. office here. It cannot be the cheapest venue. Mm. Uh, we are not a cheap venue, but mm. I think when you come to stability in electricity, water, all the supporting infrastructure, mm -hmm. talent, uh, <coughs> all the logistics, Electric supply, mm. uh, cyber security, and the likes of it, the whole bundle mm. makes it work. Mm. So that should also apply to our freelancers as well. Yeah. yeah. So so I guess uh, the, uh, a lot of freelancers probably will also agree with you. But in your last three years, when you mm. deal with so many freelancers, meeting them, right? I'm sure there will be a couple who are a bit more negative and more, probably you know maybe we'll ask for more right have you come across such situation or such individual that keep asking you know for more and more and more we, we do encounter uh, some freelancer who are transiting from say maybe they were retrenched or their companies uh, had moved away mm. and they were midway in their career there you know? mm. and then suddenly they were forced to have to shift mm. but when they shift mm. of course the first effort was can I find a related in a company in the same industry. Mm. But when the industry shift, you, you realise that everybody is not hiring yeah. also. Yeah. So you couldn't quite uh, move uh, to another company in the same industry. Mm. Then you try to change industry. Mm. And sometimes that requires skills acquisition that takes yeah. some time to go. So you, you couldn't successfully mm. move that. So some move into freelancing. Mm. So when they move into freelancing, they realise that, yes, I can serve more clients, mm. but what they were used to were not available anymore. Mm. Say, hey, who's going to plan my leave, mm. uh, my 
insurance, my medical, my savings, mm. etc. Then you realize I have to do it all by myself. Yeah. Then who's going to chase for payment, deal the accounts, mm. deal the marketing? Uh, uh, where do I go to? Mm. Uh, but they are not familiar with the fact that there were platforms, they are mm. business solution providers. Mm. So they were all having to juggle everything in the air mm. at one go. So indeed, frustrating times. Mm. So when we, we come across some of them, we brought them into a network of uh, freelancer communities mm. whereby peers could share. Mm. We also brought them to meet up with platform owners mm. and uh, business solutions mm. who say that, look, why don't you concentrate 90% of your time on delivering your service? Right. When it comes to billing and chasing mm. for payment, you could actually outsource it to me. Yeah. The company will help provide you that. Mm. You want to market your services, go to the platform. Mm. Uh, who will be able to match you with one another. So, what you used to go to your HR department, your billing department, your finance, mm. now you have to just switch terminology to you go to so-and-so and, mm. and this platform mm. or this business solution provider mm. or meet up instead of a department meeting, meet with communities. Yeah. Meet with people in the same field mm. who will be able to share with you how to tackle, how to deal with it. Mm. So when we started to organize these uh, um, workshops, mm. uh, some mentor classes, yeah. to how do I get started being a freelancer? Mm. I think you were also partly involved in some of these platforms. Mm. And I think many questions were like, how do I build people? How do mm. I charge? Yeah. Mm. How do I chase for <coughs> payment? Mm. And, and you realize that all these take up a lot of their time. Yeah. When their main job should be a freelancer job, they realize, hey, all these were uh, taking up precious yeah. time mm. and they didn't know who to go to. Mm. So those are frustrating moments indeed. Yeah. So I think with um, platforms, with business solution, with community, with mentoring workshop, mm. uh, many of them have found it to be useful. Mm. Of course, there is a cost involved. Yeah. Uh, but that cost certainly is lower than the price you would be able to gain from your client if you have devoted more time mm. and more energy into servicing the clients out there. Mm. Mm. Right, yeah. So with the diversity in the, um, I would say, age group, right? Like uh, mm. we talk about um, people who are in mid-career, right? Mm. And retrench, become freelancers, right? There are people who also choose to become a freelancers. And mm. we also see an increasing trend in terms of graduating students, yeah. right? Upon yeah. graduation, they already decided, mm. I want to work for myself. I don't want to work for people. I want to be a freelancers. But in those <laughs> cases, for those uh. you know younger freelancers, do you, does NTUC actually treat them differently? I mean, do you have different... Um, solution solution in place yeah. for them. So yeah. different costs for different horses, right? Yeah. So for the um, students who are whether in Institute of Higher Learning, in the Polytechnic, in mm. the University, in the ITE, when they're contemplating what to do, even as I mm. plan for my graduation, uh, we work with the Ministry of Education. They have a employment and career guidance mm. coach, officers mm. who are stationed in the, these facilities. Right. And... Uh, we work with them to expose them to understanding what is a freelance career about, mm. what are the resources and tools available, mm. how do you guide and coach mm. individuals who have these questions. Mm. And then we also brought them to participate in our uh, freelancer fairs, in our community meetup. Mm. So these career guidance officers started to see a different world. Yeah. They start to right. be able to coach and provide different guidance. Mm. Then we also work with uh, individuals who successfully move from their field of study and mm. after they graduated, move into freelancer. Mm. I, I think um, it, it's this entire process of uh, your academic study mm. 
shouldn't be confined to when you're in a uh, institute of learning. Mm. Because after when you graduate, you still should pursue learning. Yeah. Your exposure to work mm. shouldn't be reserved to after you graduate. Mm. It can start from when yeah. you're studying. If you can juggle these two learning process and you realize that I need to uh, do vocational learning mm. and academic learning, uh, okay, we, we call it skills future. Yeah. But typically what it works is that don't be ring fans into, okay, this is study time, this mm. is work time. Mm. Uh, then you realize, eh, that transition sometimes a bit abrupt, you know. Mm. But if you can yeah. mesh it together well, yeah. you can actually find that, eh, I could actually easily mm. transit from one to another and continue mm. to overlap. That means when I work, mm. I continue to learn, mm. invest in learning, I continue to invest in work. Mm. So you you basically give yourself the ability to be more hireable yeah. or, or rather we call it more employable. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Were there any stories or personal journeys of freelancers that you have heard or you have encountered that touched you or inspired you? Um, well, there's this uh, uh, young lady who is a freelance dance instructor. Mm. Uh, now, she's both an instructor, mm. but she's also a performer. Mm. So let's say there's a stage uh, event, there mm. is a concert, mm. there is a particular uh, series of musical mm. she will avail herself to be a performer mm. you, you you get paid as a performer mm. but during uh, the non-performing hours she will become a dance instructor mm. in school now uh, that's a very versatile arrangement of yeah. your work life right yeah. you can perform which yeah. build up your portfolio yeah. because you, mm. you perform with other dancers mm. and then you transfer some of these skills back to the teaching world yeah. to teach others but okay you know uh, your instructor me just perform in this musical yeah. Yeah. and yeah. when you dance there's these new things you could explore mm. this is uh, how the industry is adapting using different lighting different system mm. so you could actually transfer yeah. Yeah. but then uh, along the way she got injured in one of the performance Ooh. now when you're injured the performance uh, you need recovery yeah. mm. so you couldn't perform mm. And you couldn't coach also because yeah. you're injured. So, uh, she was in a fix mm. because uh, e either way, she was stuck. Mm. So, I think, um, fortunately, she had the foresight to save up to be able to weather some of these uh, mm. rainy days. Huh? Mm. So, which therefore leads to the next point was, uh, I think not all are so ready. Mm. So, what do we do yeah. when some inevitably, for no fault of their own, get injured or... or or for sick, you know, mm. uh, for a long period of time where there's a loss of income. Mm. So, we've been working with the insurance company to pitch the idea to them to say, mm. why don't you provide a loss of income insurance coverage mm. for the 223,500 freelancers in mm. Singapore? Mm. Uh, close to a quarter million, no? Yeah. So, a lot of the insurance companies said, I don't know how to reach to so many of them. Mm. And... It's just too difficult to talk to different groups. Yeah. So we've been uh, pitching this idea to them and uh, finally, uh, two of them have decided mm. to uh, roll out a loss of income insurance product mm. or basically mm. called the prolonged medical leave insurance mm. and that would uh, basically provide for a payout of say maybe about $100 a day mm. uh, if you pay a premium of about a uh, dollar a day. Mm. So that would actually give you 
some form of financial stability mm, yeah. even as you try to recover from your illness or yeah. injury. Mm. So hopefully uh, more freelancers will invest and take out on this one. Yep. And um, the good thing is the government is also taking the lead in preparing their, themselves uh, mm. to say that, okay, uh, we want to be fair to all freelancers. Mm. So for all those who buy uh, such insurance mm. and protect themselves, mm. uh, you cannot compare them for those who don't buy, right? Mm. Because there's really a price differential. Mm. You know, the differential is $365 a year, right? Mm. So how do you therefore level the playing field? Yeah. And... Uh, Hopefully, the government will soon announce a plan to be able to say, for example, I will only buy freelance service from those who have insurance. Mm. Then everybody will be able mm. to price their premium mm. paid to the insurance into their bid yeah. price yeah. Yeah. and still protect themselves. Yeah. So don't take the risk of, oh, I need to win this job so I don't buy the insurance so I can be priced lower. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if other buyers also take the same attitude, I think, therefore, the investment by the freelancers into such an insurance product uh, mm. can be something that doesn't uh, impact mm. their business negatively. So, mm. the level playing field is, therefore, quite critical for yeah. the freelancers. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is, that is a good move, actually. Yeah, mm. because I think um, a lot of freelancers, because um, they deal with um, a, a lot of other situations, you know, and they have other commitments as well. So, um, sometimes insurance is not on the top of their mind, right? They will never thought that, or, or if you are young, you know, able... You're invincible. Yeah, yeah, you're invincible. <laughs> <laughs> you won't fall sick, so it doesn't matter. you rather save that amount of money for yeah. other things, like buy new gills, you know, yeah. buy new cameras, rather mm. than to invest on insurance. Of course, um, you also want to invest in training, upgrading yourself, yeah. right? So that you can not only be good in your vocation, mm. but you may want to add on new skills in order to take on different projects. Mm. So, uh, looking at this issue, therefore, we also have been working in the government to see, can we channel more training funds mm. towards helping the freelancers? Mm. The NTUC have also committed to uh, putting part of our training budget uh, mm. into the needs of uh, union members for freelancers. Oh. Mm. So I think uh, other than the skills future credit that government gives to everyone mm. who is above 35 mm. or uh, plus their investment in WSQ training, mm. they have also been very generous in supporting initiative that we propose mm. that will help develop our freelancers. Mm. So they co-fund some of the training mm. uh, costs that is needed. Mm. Uh, the union, of course, invests our part of it. So mm. the cost that is borne by our freelancers is brought to a lower level. Yeah. And that therefore makes it such that you can deepen your skills, mm. uh, gain new competencies mm. uh, without having to say, you know, forego all these because you have to invest in yourself. Mm. Mm. And you don't invest in training, you don't invest mm. in insurance, yeah. you don't invest in your medical needs or your retirement or housing. Yeah. And, and, and therefore, you basically live day by day, yeah. which is not something we want to see uh, our freelancer having to face. Mm. So mm. I think the negative side of the world that looks at gig is that, oh, gig is somebody who is today got this job, tomorrow don't know what will happen. Yeah. And then yeah. it's almost like, you know, living hand to mouth. Yeah. I, I don't think that is the scenario we want to mm. create. We want to inst design an environment that mm. avails them to these things mm. and yet be able to allow them to fulfill the passion that mm. they have. Mm. Because most of the uh, freelancer we spoke with uh, mm. is that 
why did you choose this option? You say, yeah. because it's my passion. Mm. Because I enjoy the autonomy of yeah. being able to do things. Yeah. And most importantly, I delight in being a mastery of the skills or the vocation I have. Mm. So, um, that essentially is the map I have for myself. Mm. There's a mastery of skills, autonomy in work, mm. passion in what I do. Mm. So, that's the road map I have for myself. Mm. Uh, and you have to therefore help him find that road map yep. and reach his destination right. because he has all of it charted out, uh, planned accordingly. And therefore, the best thing we can do is to make sure that the, the roads are, mm. are paved and help him to arrive at his destination. Right, right. Wow. <laughs> that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what the freelancers will need. And I think that will actually uh, also ensure that freelancing become a viable career, right, so that your mother-in-law, your parents-in-law will understand <laughs> what freelancing is all about. Yeah. Thank you, Ms. Al, for, for all the sharing. So yeah. we have actually um, reached the last part of our question, oh. yeah, which is something that we always <laughs> ask all our guests. Yeah. So if you have one piece of advice to give to your younger self, mm. what would it be? Um... In my younger days, I've worked both locally and overseas. Mm. Uh, I've worked in China for a period of time. Mm. Uh, if I were to tell my younger self, it would be like, you know, uh, go seek out more opportunities in other regions, mm. other countries. Mm. Uh, not because it is more sexy to do so or mm. it's interesting destination, but uh, as you work with different culture, different environment, you start to build up this competency and this awareness mm. to be cross-culturally aware yep. because you never know at what platform and, and opportunity you need to uh, work with different economy, mm. different countries, mm. different culture. Mm. Once you're able to uh, assimilate or um, be able to work cross-culturally, mm. you will find that your you have gained, your organisation will gain and you will be able to expose to a variety of exciting things out there mm. which can only be good because there is um, this unique opportunity in Singapore to not only within our country to be exposed globally mm. but also get a chance to go global and come back again yeah. mm. and that remember I talk about this toggling between yeah. Yeah. freelancing yeah. if I also can uh, advise my younger self be please toggle between local and regional <laughs> or global yeah. and then you'll be able to uh, move almost seamlessly between these places, mm. uh, your life will be further enriched. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's that's something that uh, we also share with our freelancers. I think as a freelancer, yeah. right, it's also good for you to have this exposure. And actually, in fact, increasingly, we're seeing more younger people who seek to become like what we call the digital nomads. nomads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, they travel while working. <laughs> yeah, but we also shouldn't confine that to only the uh, rights of the younger people yeah, to be yeah, nomads. Yeah. <laughs> I think even as you grow older, you can be a different kind of nomad. Mm. Huh? Um, but the same opportunity to avail to you, mm. uh, regardless of whatever age group you're mm. in. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Thank so you. So, that's note yeah. to the older self. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. So, thank, thank you for tuning in to you, another episode of the Freelance Creative Exchange. Subscribe to iTunes and leave us a review. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel and leave a comment because we want to know what you want to listen to in our next episode. Follow us at Creative at Works on Facebook page as well as our Instagram. Join us next time for a brand new episode of the Freelance Creative Exchange. Until then, bye! Bye! Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.